united we stand, in God we trust, there is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust, there is no fear. There is no fear. There is no fear. There is no It is time, it is finally time for a brand spanking new episode of Winning Streak Weekly. Here we are on the 22nd anniversary week of 9-11, and our intro song uh, still rings true. United we stand and God we trust, and there is no fear. I wrote that song in uh, September of 2001, just after we were sucker punched by the terrorists and the towers fell. And uh, as long as I do this show, that'll be our entry song because you never forget. Thank God for those first responders who put it all on the line just trying to save lives that day. Thank you all. And uh, RIP to all the lives lost on September 11th. All right, let's get to business. I'm your host, Jason Nall, and you have caught the podcast, Winning Streak Weekly. Uh, we're on Apple Podcast and on Spotify, and of course, our podcast airs as a radio program every single week during drive time, Thursday afternoons on 101.3 The Buzz. Just me this week to run through college football week three and NFL week two. We'll try to get some picks ready uh, and get get some winners out and Pretty good week last week. Not as good as the first two for your host, but uh, didn't lose, so the winning streak is still alive. Uh, we gave my top pick, didn't get there, so I had to scramble an awful lot. As we know, Nebraska, horrible effort, horrible quarterback, but the worst quarterback play in the country was for Nebraska, and this got uh, beat handily um, at Colorado, and the steamroll of Team Dion. Coach Prime continues through two weeks now of college football. Let's go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. This week, it's all NFL on the good, bad, and ugly. And we're going to start with the good, and I'll say, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? They absolutely dismantled their conference division rival, New York Giants. The Giants just could not get out of their own way on Sunday night. Dallas scores with a blocked field goal. They scored defensively. Uh, Offense looked good at times. Defense looked great throughout for the Cowboys. They roll 40 to nothing over Danny Dimes and his New York Giants. Uh, Giants were a a three-and-a-half underdog in the game, and didn't take long at all to realize that Dallas was going to easily cover the field goal and a hook. And uh, really a sleeper on Sunday night. A rocking chair winner if you back the Cowboys. Big Daddy C liked the Cowboys. We had them on Sunday night. And that was a big reason that I was able to claw back from some of those Saturday losses like Nebraska at Colorado. Anyway, Dallas looks good as long as Dak Prescott can have the bounce back season that I predict and uh, manage that offense effectively and efficiently. The defense for Dallas looks like 
a championship defense, and it could be a real fun year for Cowboy fans. The bad? Monday Night Football. The New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers making his debut. Been the talk of the summer. Uh, What would Rodgers do with the Jets? The Jets uh, caught a lot of futures money to win the AFC, even to win the Super Bowl. And hopes have never been higher in the Big Apple than they were going into this game with uh, Aaron Rodgers coming over from a, a Hall of Fame career with the Packers to now close out his career with the Jets. How did it go? Do I have to tell you? Of course not. You know, four plays in, Rodgers is sacked. Uh, his leg is twisted on the artificial turf there at MetLife Stadium, and his Achilles is torn and ruptured, and the season is over. The season is over for Aaron Rodgers, and where did the Jets go from here? Well, Zach Wilson, the backup quarterback who was benched midway through the season last year, came in, did not look good, did not look good. Jets' offense didn't look good. The Jets' defense, however, looked really good, as expected, and they kept the Jets in the ball game. Uh, so now we look at a season the where the Jets uh, don't – they know they won't have Rodgers, four plays and done, whether Rodgers will come back, rehab, go through all the hard steps that are required to rehab an Achilles injury at 39 years old, and ever play for the Jets, we'll see. Right now, it was just four snaps and not even a completed pass. Bad luck for the Jets. The Jets seem to be mired in bad luck uh, and through the years. And they haven't really had a quarterback that they could hang their hat on since Joe Namath uh, and the Jets won Super Bowl three. The excitement was at an all-time high. The NFL had really built their season schedule, a lot of it around the Jets getting primetime games to showcase Rodgers. Uh, and now it's going to be to showcase Zach Wilson. We'll see if the Jets trade to get another quarterback or if they ride it out with Zach Wilson. Uh, of course, all the word this week is Zach's our man. He's ready to go, but you have to have those words when when, when you've lost um, your quarterback. If they went on for and thought that you know, the sky was the limit this year for the Jets. But just four plays in, Badly, it ends for Aaron Rodgers and the 2023 season for these Jets. The ugly, staying in the same game. Rodgers goes out four plays in. The Bills, who were already favored by almost a field goal in the game, you think, well, this is over. Bills blow out, right? Bills are up 13-3. to Not looking good, but they have a 10-point lead. When Josh Allen starts thinking, uh, Maybe he is the uh, superstar of uh, the silver screen and of the TV commercials and uh, dating supermodels because he sure wasn't the Josh Allen from two years ago um, under Gayball, who now coaches the Giants. It was his offensive coordinator. He certainly wasn't that guy. He looked terrible. Josh Allen, three interceptions, one fumble. The Jets' defense comes all the way back. Holds them to just 13 points. Zach Wilson manages 
to get a touchdown pass on a great catch by the receiver, Wilson, to tie it up. But 13-13, the Bills getting the ball. If you had the Bills laying the two and a half, you think, okay, it's been a bad game. Josh Allen has looked horrific. But all we need here is a field goal drive. Kick a field goal, get out of here with the win. We still cover. Everybody's happy that bet the Bills. Nope. Josh Allen in the shotgun, bobbles the snap, fumbles it to the ground, does manage to recover it, pick it up, and then he decides to run like a bull into the line instead of just going down and throwing the pass away. And he goes and gets lit up right at the line of scrimmage and fumbles again. Jets recover. They're able to then kick a field goal uh, and then get into overtime. And overtime, Bills win the toss. Okay, well, the team that wins the toss in overtime, uh, about 70% of the time, 77, I believe it is, wins the game. So on DraftKings, the inline, the Bills at the start of overtime were a $2.25 favorite to win the game. First play, false start. Again, not ready, not prepared, looking like a team who hadn't played the whole preseason did the Bills. So they're against, up against it with the change. First and 15 against a very good defense. They get stopped, don't get a first down, a ragged short punt, and the rest is history. Return for a touchdown by the Jets in overtime, an improbable win when Aaron Rodgers only played the first four snaps of the game. The Jets somehow managed to win, and they are 1-0, and uh, all because of the ugly play of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, but especially Josh Allen. Three interceptions, one fumble, just a horrific showing on Monday Night Football when the other star quarterback goes out four plays in and the Jets' offense was mostly anemic throughout. Josh Allen couldn't get it handled. In fact, he gave it to the Jets with all the turnovers. The good, the Cowboys, the bad, the Aaron Rodgers injury and the Jets' future this season, and the ugly, more erratic, bad play from Josh Allen. Where is the Josh Allen that went toe-to-toe with Mahomes, had Mahomes beat in the to get to the AFC Championship game two years ago in Kansas City before Mahomes' magic pulled it out in overtime? Uh, where is that Josh Allen? Because the Josh Allen we have seen most of last season and beginning this season does not look like an elite quarterback, does not look like somebody who is always at the top of the MVP preseason uh, odds. Doesn't look like that at all. The ugly Josh Allen. All right, we're going to grab our first break. You have caught Winning Streak Weekly. Don't go anywhere. I said, United, we stand, and God, we trust. There is no fear. United, we stand, and God, we trust. There is no fear. United, we stand, and God, we trust. There is no I said, United we stand, and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand, and God we trust. 
podcast winning streak weekly we thank you for joining us however you have found our program and we'll do our level best to keep the winning streak going and pick some winners here starting with this week's college football slate now we're using DraftKings here as our um as our odds provider uh, DraftKings, one of the legal avenues to play um uh, the sports betting here in the state of Tennessee. I use DraftKings a lot because I enjoy their pools. Uh, they have survivor pools, weekly pick 'em pools in the NFL, and I've had great success of winning a, a survivor pool in the NFL last year and then uh, twice, no, once, also winning the uh, March Madness survivor pool two years ago. And uh, we'll get to those survivor picks and how they fared last week when we hit our NFL section. Let's start with tonight's games. Uh, 7.30 East kickoff. Navy in Memphis at the University of Memphis. Memphis, a 14-point favorite. 46.5 is the total. Memphis uh, looks good last week against Arkansas State. Of course, everybody's looked good against Arkansas State. Oklahoma scored hung 70 on them, and Memphis wasn't far behind. Now Memphis, a 14-point favorite over the Naval Academy. Uh, one of the things that we have referenced much here in the uh, early going of this season are the stability odds and the stability matchups. Memphis does have a stability edge over Navy. It's, not, it's unusual because uh, Navy has had the same coach for 16 years until now. Memphis with a stability edge and an offensive edge, it's a question of can Memphis hold down the triple option? Um, it's really a low-scoring total here, 46-and-a-half. We saw Navy against Notre Dame and not do much, not score much. So that game went under the total. Um, Notre Dame pretty much had their way with Navy's defense. This is a pass game for me. I may look for something in line in the game on this. I would love to see uh, maybe this um, scoring take off and the total pop up and maybe me – be able to sneak an under in once the number goes up after maybe Memphis scores on an opening drive or something. But I don't know. No real pick for this Thursday night game here this week in the Memphis uh, Navy game. Now, I'll be in uh, Memphis with Big Daddy C, uh, 1000. We're going to Southland Greyhound Park and we're going, well, Southland, excuse me, casino and gaming now. The Greyhounds are gone. And we're going to watch it from the sports book. Uh, so, like I say, I'll probably grab something in game there. We're going to scroll through these games here, and we're going to talk about the games that I'm interested in. LSU on Saturday. Saturday, LSU at Mississippi State. Games wavered around 10, looking currently at LSU minus 9.5, over under 54.5. If you're a um, – Regular listener to the program, you know that I have some fade plays in on LSU, season-long win total. I've got the under. I just don't think that they are as good as many people think. Now, that said, maybe they are. Uh, Florida State appears to be really good, who beat them like a drum in the second half of the opening game. LSU 9.5 here. I like State. 
I don't like them enough to bet them. I would not bet lay the nine and a half with a road game here with LSU. Mississippi State did struggle to contain the offense of Arizona last week, which does not bode well uh, as now LSU comes to town. But I'll be pulling for Mississippi State. Worked there for eight years. I uh, really enjoyed running that stadium and doing the food service there at Mississippi State. Have lots of friends there. Certainly pulling for them. Not going to bet them this week, uh, but I'll be pulling for them. It would also really help my season-long bets if, if Mississippi State could do a number on LSU and win the game. Penn State at Illinois. Another early game on Saturday. Uh, Illinois, the Brett Bielmo's rebuilding this year. We're not competitive uh, for much of the game against Kansas last Friday night, but did score some in the fourth quarter, showed a little life. Penn State on the road, a 14.5-point favorite. Um, Penn State coach showed us he wants to cover spreads. He went and scored with 10 seconds left to cover the spread in Happy Valley uh, a week ago. No way, not even with your money would I take Illinois here. I might take the over, 48-and-a-half, and I believe that's where I lean in this game, over-under, 48-and-a-half. Take the over. Illinois showed a little life and scored some points against Kansas in the second half. I think Penn State will definitely score against Illinois. Let's see if we can get a little scoring uh, there in this Illinois-Penn State game. Kansas State-Missouri, a renewed rivalry of the old Big 12. Uh, Missouri and Drinkowitz. Getting four points at home, I think that's a number you take. I like Missouri there getting the four. Uh, That's one of my top early plays. I like Missouri against Kansas State. I'll take the four points at home. Florida State, big stability edge over Boston College, big talent edge over Boston College. It just depends on, um, you know, what what they want to do here. Florida State's going to win this game. I think Florida State's got – much bigger plans on this season than Boston College, though. Will they cover the 26? I certainly wouldn't bet Boston College here. If anything, I would lay the 26 with Florida State. Louisville and Indiana. Indiana, another stability edge over Louisville. Louisville, a lot of turnover. Louisville did look good against a non-FBS opponent next fr- last Friday night, covered the spread. Indiana catching 10 at home. Uh, They hung in there with Ohio State at home earlier this year. Don't see any reason why they couldn't hang in there with Louisville. Give me the the Hoosiers, Indiana, plus the 10. Iowa State at Ohio. Iowa State still dealing with suspension for the quarterback and other players who uh, bet on Iowa State games um, through one of their parents' accounts, the way I understand it. Um, This game, probably a no play for me. Ohio catching three at home. Did have them last week. Got them in in that teaser I gave out on the show. I hope you guys cashed them too. But they're only catching three here. I'm going to pass on this one. Liberty at Buffalo. Uh, Liberty, to me, has not looked that good uh, in covering two games, but they have covered. Now they're only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Buffalo, and they're on the road. No Hugh Freeze there. I'll take Buffalo. In fact, one of my better plays of the week. Let's circle Buffalo plus a field goal and a half at home. I do believe with the stability edge, uh, Buffalo can take care of business against this Liberty team at home. South Carolina and Georgia. 
between the hedges. Georgia, still we don't exactly know what to make of their offense. We know the defense is strong. Rattler and South Carolina, here's the question. Can they? Can Rattler and South Carolina score 17 points against Georgia? If they score 17 points, I believe they're an absolute shoe-in to cover this 27-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, Over-under is 54-and-a-half. I don't know. Um, I would not bet Georgia with your money, even if it was a free bet. I may sprinkle a little bit on South Carolina, but no real passion here in this one. It would just be a half a unit or so. Uh, the 3.30 CBS game, South Carolina catching the 27 and a half. Would love to see it go to 28 just just because that gives you four touchdowns. But 27 and a half, it's probably enough. You're just betting that South Carolina can score and Rattler can score 17 points. Alabama, and what's a very strange one to me, non-conference game, Alabama goes to Tampa to play South Florida. Why in the world is Alabama playing on the road at South Florida? That is the one of the oddest scheduled games I have seen in a long time. Uh, I would like to know why in the world Alabama is going to South Florida. Well, they're going to go down there and win. Are they going to win by 32? Over under 61 means they expect it to be somewhat of a high-scoring game. That's almost double what Alabama's favored and just out of you know, just out of sheer um, um, oddity to me on the way this line over under 61, Alabama 32, they're expecting South Florida to score some points. I'm going to put just a little snickle, just a, just a little cheese, not much, maybe a half a unit on this over 61. Expect Alabama's going to try to work out the offensive kinks. And evidently, someone out there thinks South Florida may be able to score on Alabama. Interesting game here, again, at 3.30 Eastern, Minnesota and North Carolina. Minnesota uh, catching seven and a half in a row. I understand uh, uh, Drake May and the North Carolina offense is a juggernaut, uh, but I don't trust the North Carolina defense. And I think Minnesota can come in there, run the ball, sprinkle in some passing, and maybe even come out with the outright win. I like Minnesota getting over a touchdown here. Let's mark that one down as a top play. Minnesota, a ranked team on the road. Let's see if they can catch the seven and a half and hang in there with North Carolina. Northwestern at Duke. Duke, last time we saw Duke, they were beating the doors off of Clemson, uh, due mainly to Clemson's mistakes. Last year, they were an underdog at Northwest at Northwestern, and that was kind of the coming-out party for this new regime at Duke. They absolutely blasted Northwestern last year. Northwestern's no better this year. In fact, they're worse. Duke appears to be right on track to continue forward with their momentum and continue getting better. Let's take Duke laying the 19. Oklahoma at Tulsa. It's going to be a big game for Tulsa to host Boomer Sooner in their stadium. Uh, Oklahoma, big stability edge. Oklahoma's looked explosive this year under Brent Venables. Uh, They're a 27.5-point favorite at Tulsa. I would say until, you know, ride that winning streak. Oklahoma's been scoring big and covering. 
ride them again here. Oklahoma minus the 27 and a half for a small play. Uh, Virginia Tech at Rutgers. Rutgers uh, is going to be tough at home, and they are at home. They're a seven-point favorite over Virginia Tech. All right, we're going to use this as a teaser game. I do believe Rutgers gets this win. I don't trust Virginia Tech even in uh, Blacksburg, much less in Piscataway. Give me Rutgers and teasers. We're going to mark this one down. Rutgers minus one. We'll pair that up with another game here shortly, like Rutgers, just to tease them down to win this ball game. Tulane at Southern Miss. Tulane, could this be a letdown spot for them? Southern Miss just got absolutely punched in the jaw by Florida State. They're weary from that. And Tulane lost a big, highly anticipated matchup against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Tulane, a 12-and-a-half point favorite now at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, over under 49-and-a-half. Uh, you know, I lean Southern Miss there. I think it might be a letdown spot. Maybe the air's out of the balloon for Tulane after losing last week to Ole Miss. A&M laying 36, over under 53 and a half against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, it was a big loss for me in my season-long bets on A&M. They lost, got really manhandled late in the game in the fourth quarter against the Miami Hurricane. Now they have to run the table. Not sure how excited they are going to be to cover a spread this week. I think they want to get better. They want to get the win. Will they win by 36? Not sure. Going to turn us on that one. Need A&M to get right and run the table. If we don't have any chance on my season-long bets on them. Washington laying 16 on the road at Sparty. Michigan State. Michigan State. Uh, no head coach. He's suspended with pay after uh, sexual harassment allegations. A wild story there at Michigan State. No opinion there. Does the team rally around uh, not having their head coach? Washington's much better. Don't know if Sparty could even score on Washington or stop Washington. Going to pass that game. Too many unknowns there. Another stability matchup uh, where a stability score stands out is Georgia State at Charlotte. We teased Georgia State down at home last week to beat UAB, paired them with Ohio, got that teaser in as a winner. I wouldn't tease them this week. They're either going to win and win handily against Charlotte or they're not going to win. So let's take Georgia State again this week, laying the seven and a half stability mismatch there again for them where they uh, have the – continuity advantage over the Charlotte team who's still trying to get their footing. This will be the last week, by the way, that we use the stability scores as a barometer, uh, at least to the extent we have early in the season. Uh, I think they're great early in the season to look at the teams that are bringing back their starting quarterback, bringing back starters on offense and defense, have their coordinators back and their head coach back. They're usually in a better position uh, than a team that's trying to uh, work out the kinks, so to speak, with a new regime. So here's a, sta- a team, Georgia State, that brings back a lot, facing a team in Charlotte that's starting over. Georgia State, a seven-and-a-half point favorite on the road. We're going to take them. We're going to lay the seven-and-a-half. All right, before we get to the evening games, let's take another quick break. You're listening to Winning Streak Weekly. 
I said, united we stand, in God we trust, there is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust, there is no fear. Welcome back. It's Winning Streak Weekly. I'm your host, Jason Nall. Be sure to follow our Twitter handle. We post our plays throughout the week. That is at W Streak Weekly, at W Streak Weekly on X, formerly known as Twitter. All right, we are right now going through the DraftKings odds on our college football lineup for the week. And we have run through Saturday. Uh, the early games, and now we're going to the evening games, and none bigger than our Tennessee Vols over here in eastern Tennessee where I reside, the big team and the big game, Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee land six and a half, over under 58 and a half. Certainly will be the most watched game in my neck of the woods and for our listeners here on 101.3 The Buzz in Cleveland. Tennessee got a five-point win last week, or last year, excuse me, against Florida. Um, I think Tennessee's the better team, but I think maybe Florida needs this win more. You know, I don't necessarily have a strong opinion here. Looking forward to watching the game. We'll definitely get involved with maybe an in-game play once I've seen it played out a little bit. Under a touchdown, yeah, you can make an argument, take Tennessee, but the SEC home opener for a team and a coach that needs a win at Florida against a rival, um, taking the points at home is not a bad idea either. I'll leave that one out there for you. I know it's an exciting game. Sorry I don't have a pick for you, but this one might be one you want to jump on in game once you've seen a little bit of it. Nebraska. Against Northern Illinois, I am so disgusted with the Nebraska effort last week against Colorado. They had every chance in the first half to jump on Colorado, and they were inept offensively. Sims, their quarterback, I think is the worst quarterback in the nation. I want no part of it. I don't know. I may not bet another Nebraska game this season. Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. Um, Non-conference game, Georgia Tech. uh, Not been too competitive. Ole Miss, an 18-point favorite here, over under 63. Um, You know, maybe a fade spot on Ole Miss again, but how big of a game really was Tulane? I know they got up for it. I know they realized Tulane had a great season last year and was a ranked opponent. You know, but Another non-conference game here against a team that's not too good. Odd number. You rarely see an 18-point favorite. I can't think the last time I saw an 18-point number. Uh, Give me a half a unit on Georgia Tech. I'm going to fade Ole Miss and Tulane coming out of that matchup last week and say both of them are a little bit deflated, and I'll take the points and their opponents. BYU at Arkansas. Arkansas, eight-and-a-half-point favorite. 
over under 47 and a half. Arkansas's offense looked anemic against Kent State last week, one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in FBS. Uh, BYU hasn't looked much better. Eight and a half is too many, though. Too many until the Hogs prove otherwise. Let's get the eight and a half against my Hogs. You see my hat. You know where my heart is. So my money is on BYU plus the eight and a half. Pittsburgh, West Virginia, the old backyard brawl. One of the more entertaining rivalries in college football. And they're going to get after it right here in September. West Virginia laying one over under 48. Oh, West Virginia, after blowing the cover at Penn State a couple of weeks ago, letting Penn State score inside of 10 seconds, not even making an attempt to tackle. How much can you trust them? Pittsburgh, the glory days are gone there. Um, it's a rivalry game, and it's almost a pick 'em. West Virginia, a one-point favorite. I'll leave you to decide that one. TCU at Houston. Houston, uh, as they go to the Big 12, they're not going with much. Really not much of a team in Houston. They've been competitive throughout the years more often than not. This is not a very competitive Houston team. TCU, we all know what happened last time we saw them. They uh, introduced the world to Coach Prime. We're coming. The Buffaloes let them win on the big stage. TCU a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Houston. you got to believe they're going to give their level best effort here. Uh, so I'll lay the seven-and-a-half, call it a bounce-back spot for TCU. Lay the seven-and-a-half there at Houston. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do your one better. Let's don't lay the seven and a half. Let's pair that up with Rutgers. Remember when we talked about the teaser a few moments ago? I liked Rutgers minus one at home. Well, I'm going to pair that up with TCU against a really not good Houston team playing one and a half on the road at Houston. But basically, I get both these teams where they just have to win the game. Now, you'll see sometimes you can, with DraftKings, it's not necessarily teasers. You have to go to the alternate spread. So if you go to the alternate spread, you're going to do an alternate spread parlay. You're going to move that line in the alternate spread. And if you can move it to, to minus seven and minus, uh, to a pick them for Rutgers and minus a half for TCU, go ahead and do that. So you're using seven points. You'll parlay it together. It'll be about it. Somewhere around even money on that parlay, which is in essence a teaser. All right, we're actually going to do an alternate game parlay on DraftKings because they don't offer teasers, but it's the same thing. Uh, so you want to move those lines on those two games. Let's get them together. TCU, moving them down to one and a half or moving them down to just minus the half if you can on the alternate line and pairing that up with Rutgers, either minus one or the pick on the alternate line. There's our teaser, college football teaser of the week. We hit that teaser last week. Let's hope we can keep it going. Hawaii at Oregon. Oregon laying the heavy jumbo. Biggest favorite of the week, at least that I've seen so far. 38 over the Rainbow Warriors. Fighting Jimmy Changs. I don't know about that one. Let's say a big matchup next week where Oregon faces Colorado. Um, You know, Hawaii's not going to be able to do much on those ducks. Over under 69. 
And I think that Oregon plays this one a little closer to the vest just to get the win before they get into conference games. I'll take the under 69 in this one. Here comes a big play, and it goes against our stability system. And this may be, I may be regretting this one. If I have to eat crow, I will definitely eat crow for you next week. New Mexico State has the stability score advantage. They go to New Mexico. In-state rivalry, home team favored by one, New Mexico, over under 52 and a half. I watched New Mexico play Texas A&M really hard and really good. And I said at that point that we're going to take New Mexico sometimes this year. They're a good team. In-state rivalry at home, I I think they're good. New Mexico State has struggled out of the gate. Give me New Mexico. Lay that one or take them on the money line like New Mexico. One of my top college plays. Which leads us to Colorado State, Colorado. Oh, no, Jason. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Don't fade Coach Prime. Don't fade him. You know, I can't get over. Was Vegas really that wrong? Or is Coach Prime and this Colorado team just performing over their head? Nebraska did not play as good as they played at Minnesota. It was their second road game in a row. They were at Colorado. Colorado blew them out, especially in the second half. And then the students stormed the field. The Buffalo students stormed the field after they beat Nebraska. And it was a big win for Colorado to beat Nebraska just by the brand name of Nebraska. Even if Nebraska is not the old Nebraska, it's still Nebraska. And Colorado hadn't beat anybody in a long time. So they stormed the field. Now you've got the biggest stability edge of the week. Colorado State with a whopping 17-point stability advantage over Colorado. So their, their, their program is intact. They've got returning starters. They've got returning coordinators. They've got a returning head coach. Everything's new at Colorado, and they, let me tell you, those Buffaloes under Coach Prime and his son, Shadir, quarterback, are riding high. But I can tell you the one team that could care less about them riding high is their in-state rival, Colorado State. This line, before the season started, would have probably been a touchdown or less for Colorado. But because of the amazing, blazing success of Colorado, and the interest outside of even the sports world. My wife knows Colorado's ranked in their 2-0. They have made Colorado a 23-and-a-half-point favorite here against Colorado State. 23-and-a-half in a rivalry game. A Colorado State team that could care less about Coach Prime and could care less about the Colorado Buffaloes being back. It's just a question of whether they have the talent uh, to hang with um, this offensively, um, uh, I guess we call him a juggernaut through two weeks of Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm going to say yes, and this is going to be it. This is good. It's not going to be a every week chasing. If I lose, I'm wrong. I chased, I, I faded Colorado last week against Nebraska. It was my top play. I lost. I think I was just a week early. Moving all the chips in, plus some more on Colorado State Rams 
late night soiree, 10 p.m. Eastern. Give me Colorado State. I'll take the 23. I'll even put just a little pizza money on Colorado State at 10 to 1 on the money run. Going to take them. Plus the 23 and a half. And I'm going to take them with just a little pizza money on the money line to win the game outright. If I lose, I lose. I'll eat crow. I'll say two weeks in a row I faded Coach Prime. I'm a dummy. It was the biggest movement ever in college football. All the experts had it wrong. Colorado's the greatest. They're going to go and beat USC and Oregon the next two games. I'll say whatever you want me to say, but this week I'll say you better have Colorado State. Colorado plays USC next the following week and Oregon the following week. None of those kids on that Colorado team, even for Coach Prime, have any history with Colorado. They could care less about an in-state rival for Colorado State. I think it's the opposite with Colorado State. I think it means something big time for them to compete well against Colorado and not look a fool against their in-state rival. Take the 23 and a half. Take the Rams. Let's go. 10 o'clock. Saturday night, put the kids to bed, crack open a cold Coors Light. Let's head to the mountains. Let's get on Colorado State Rams plus the 23 and a half. You heard it here. Let's go. All right. That wraps up our college football for the week. Uh, The games of interest here. I'll go over my picks. I like New Mexico minus the one. In a rivalry game. I like Buffalo plus the three and a half against, uh, I think, an overrated Liberty team that's only going to get worse as the year goes on. I'll take Minnesota plus seven and a half uh, going into North Carolina. Come on, come on. Colorado State plus 16 on the stability score. Let's take them over Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. And finally, I gave you a teaser or an alternate line parlay if you're betting with uh, DraftKings, and that is taking Rutgers down to just win the game and taking TCU down to just win the ball game. When we come back, we will dive into week two, overreaction week, and I'll explain what that is in the NFL when we return. Don't go anywhere. I said united we stand, and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust. There is no fear. There is Joining us on Winning Streak Weekly, the podcast. That's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then the podcast becomes the radio right there on your FM dial in my hometown, Cleveland, Tennessee, on 101.3 The Buzz. Every Thursday during drive time, no matter how you you have found us, we are glad you have found us. And let's 
get this winning streak rolling. NFL. NFL. Week one. We covered a lot of week one there in um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Team that probably looked the best, at least defensively and uh, dominating, was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they went off, went off on um, the New York Giants. Another team that looked really bad at home was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and then that I find out today, we, we understand they're dealing with offensive and defensive key player injuries here going into the second week. Uh, they got rolled by another team I was trying to fade, the 49ers. The Rams beat Seattle in Seattle. Killed some survivor tickets like our buddy Badlands Brandon went down on Seattle. We lost one of our survivor show survivor plays right there in week one. Uh, Seattle, you know, overachieved last year. Was that phony? Are they going to be, you know, let, underachieved this year to even it out? Not a good start. The Vikings lose at home to Baker May, Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And there goes another survivor ticket. Your host, Jason Hall, the self-appointed king of Survivor, loses my show ticket uh, in the first week. I just thought the Vikings could get it done against uh, against the Bucks. I didn't like the Vikings much at all this year. I thought it was a spot I could sneak a win with them. And, you know, you can't use the team again once you've used them. I thought I could. Get a win out of the Vikings and move on. It didn't work out. So we're down to two tickets left in Survivor. Uh, Big Daddy C-1000 and Bulldog, they've got, got their tickets. And they're putting those in play for us. I, jo- I bought some entries into the Second Chance Survivor pool. Uh, and then uh, Big Daddy C and I are in, in the High Roller Survivor pool. We still have two tickets in. So we did. there was some damage this week in Survivor, but we've still got tickets alive. But it's overreaction week. A lot of people like to overreact to what they saw in week one. And uh, really, you need to get a, a decent idea in the, in the NFL of, you know, who's good and who's horrible, even though it's any team can beat anybody on any given Sunday. Uh, to really have much of an idea, you need at least three, four game sample. But there'll be some overreactions, and there's some lines we'll talk about that are overreactions. Both from uh, public opinion and, and odds makers' opinion. Let's start with tonight's game, Thursday night game. The Eagles looked really pedestrian against the Patriots up in New England last week. They're a six and a half point favorite over the Vikings, who, as we mentioned, took my survivor out and couldn't get it done at home against the Tampa Bay Bucks over under 49. I can tell you that uh, Big Daddy C-1000 uh, likes the Eagles and Survivor, so I'll be pulling for the Eagles here. Um, you know, I, I think the Eagles probably use that. They got away with a win, too, up there in New England, so a win's a win. That was probably their preseason game. Their starters kind of got their first licks in, uh, and they were able to, to, to make enough plays to win. The Vikings look really bad. Kirk Cousins in the spotlight is never a good thing. He always uh, looks poor uh, in the big games, in the standalone televised games. So, if anything, I would lean Eagles here, minus the six and a half. We go to Sunday. The Chiefs did not look like the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey on Thursday night of last week to open up the season. 
Kelsey evidently will be back. Don't know how big of a role he will play in this game as they go to Jacksonville, Duval County, and play the Jaguars. The Jaguars uh, sluggish and gave up some points, uh, certainly to the Colts, but got it done in the fourth quarter. Chiefs three-and-a-half-point favorite over under 51. I think you just take the over here. I think the Jags are going to score their points. I think the Chiefs are going to score their points, especially if Kelsey's back. You're not going to have all the drop passes you had from week one for the Chiefs. I don't know for sure the Chiefs will bounce back and win this game. I think it'll be entertaining. I like the over 51. Mark that down over here as one of our key plays. Over 51, KC and Jacksonville. I do think Jacksonville is going to have a good year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. But I also know Andy Reid is tough as nails when he has extra time to prepare, and he had an extra three days, and he's coming off a loss. And what I thought was one of the worst coaching decisions of his career when they went for it on fourth down with two a little over two minutes left and three timeouts in their pocket uh, and pretty much gave the game away. Chargers at Tennessee Titans. Chargers lost uh, a competitive game at home to Miami last week. Tennessee lost a competitive but lower scoring game in New Orleans last week. Uh, I don't think the Titans are very good. I don't think that they offensively can run with the Chargers at all. I think it's a gift that the Chargers are just laying three here. Uh, Take the Chargers. They don't want to start 0-2. And Tennessee uh, may have no choice but to start 0-2. Sorry, Titans fans and our listeners on 101.3, the buzz in Cleveland. Don't like the Titans this week. Like the Chargers. That's a pretty pretty big play. A couple units on the Chargers. Not to start 0-2. Um, Raiders at Bills. We talked in the opening segment, gave the ugly to Josh Allen. I'm not going to use the Bills and Survivor, even though they're one of the bigger favorites this week. Because I don't know that Josh Allen can snap back or not. I'm not sure about these Bills. They, They look poor to end the season last year, barely beating Miami with Miami's backup quarterback, no Tua. Then they got... Curb stomped at home in the snow by Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Then they couldn't beat uh, an Aaron Rodgers Jets team on Monday Night Football. Now they go home, sure to hear some boo birds and some upset fans, and they face a Raiders team that did win on the road at altitude in uh, Denver last week. I hate a team playing two games in a row on the road, and that's what the Raiders are doing. If anything, though, I would take the Raiders in eight and a half points and say, Bills, prove to me you're good. If you sure didn't look like it the other night. That line started at nine and a half. It's interesting. There's some sharp money going toward the Bills. Seattle, Detroit Lions. Lions, a little extra time to prepare. This was a very entertaining game last year. Lions played on Thursday night. They get the extra three days to prepare. Seahawks lost to. Seahawks lost to uh, the Rams in an upset fashion at home. Seahawks really need this win. The Lions, uh, they just beat the uh, Super Bowl champions, Kansas City. Five and a half is a number where I always, always look at the underdog. Um, 
and this game flew over last year. I think it was both teams scored in the 40s, if I remember correctly, last year. Over-under was only 47 and a half. Looks a little fishy. I'm going to take the Seahawks in a teaser. We talked earlier about teasers. If you're betting through DraftKings, you have to use the alternate lines and make them a parlay. But I'm going to add about six points to that and get Seattle up through some key numbers. Seattle plus 11.5 is the number I want. So I'm going to buy six points in either an alternate uh, line and parlay it with another game, or I'm going to um, use one of the sites like FanDuel uh, that does have teasers. Either way, I'm going to get this up to 11 and a half. I'm going to take it through the key numbers of 7, 8, 10, and 11. Those are big numbers in football, especially pro football. It used to be more 7, 10, 14, but now you have to bring in 8 and 11 because of the extra points that get missed at times. Now they've lengthened the extra point in the NFL and the ability for them to go for two if they're behind. So to me, there's more key numbers. I'm blasting through four key numbers by teasing Seattle up there, plus 11 and a half against Detroit. Ravens off an opening day win. That's who Big Daddy C used in his survivor ticket. But the Ravens are out for him. They're catching three and a half against the Bengals team. And Joe Burrow threw for under 100 yards last week. They uh, looked inept against the Browns in Cleveland. This might be an overreaction situation. Ravens lost Dobbins. They're running back, and they've got a couple of offensive linemen that are, are down. So if you didn't think that Joe Burrow was going to snap out of it this week and have a big game, you might look at this under 46 and a half, and that's where I go on this game. I think the <clears throat> Ravens offense may be a little bit Handicap with three big players down, uh, two offensive linemen and a running back. And I think their defense will be tough. Bengals' defense uh, should be good at home. Let's see if Burroughs needs a couple of games to come back off that calf. I'll take the under, 46.5 in Ravens and Bengals. Here comes the second half of our teaser. The Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> was texting with my good friend, longtime gambling buddy Artie today, and he says, Bears looked like the worst team in, in football last week. The Bucs are supposed to be one of the worst teams in football. Now the Bucs are two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Bears because this is an overreaction spot where we can get the Bears in an advantageous line and a spot the public won't be on. He's got some. He's got something going there. Uh, the Bucks <clears throat> did win at Minnesota last week, but again, not expected to be that good. And the Bears came in with some hype around them, expected to challenge in that NFC North. Bears looked bad last week. We're going to give them a second chance, and and we're going to reverse that overreaction trend. Right here, we're going to take the Bears, and we're going to tease them up and pair them with Seattle, grabbing eight and a half. So with the, by taking that two and a half to eight and a half, we go through – these key numbers, we go, we go through three, we go through four, we go through seven, we go through eight. And we're safe on all those numbers if the, if the Bucks win by three, four, seven, or eight. So we're expecting Chicago to keep it close, uh, really within a touchdown. That's the second half of our NFL teaser. Seattle plus 11 and a half, Bears plus eight and a half, and the Bears are my buddy Artie's pick. So if that falls through, we'll have to um, – I have already on here to explain himself. 
Next up, Colts at Texans. Colts now are a one-point favorite here. Texans getting one at home over under 39.5 for a straight bet. My favorite play of the week. Absolute favorite play of the week. I think Houston is pretty good. Not good. Not yet. I think they're pretty good. And I think the Colts are pretty bad. So if I got a pretty good team that just has to win at home against a pretty bad team, home opener for the new coaching uh, and for the new quarterback in Houston, I know they want to get off to a good start. They were competitive against the Ravens. The final score may not look like it, but it was competitive until deep in the third quarter. The Colts were also competitive against the Jaguars. Uh, credit for that. Two rookie quarterbacks here. Uh, the rookie from Florida for the Colts, the rookie from Ohio State for the Texans. Texans have had loaded with first-round draft picks over the last few years because they have been so bad, while the Colts traded off draft picks for players like Matt Ryan. I'm going to say the Texans are the deeper team, the more motivated team to win under the new regime at home, and the better team. I like the Texans. I like them a lot. Moving in the chips, plus one. All right, and before we head to the afternoon games, we are going to grab one more break here on Winning Streak Weekly. Appreciate you joining joining us this week as we go through college and NFL football and try to identify some winners. Don't go anywhere. I said united we stand, in God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust. Back for the final segment of Winning Streak Weekly. I'm your host, Jason Nall, been with you flying solo this week. While Big Daddy C waits on proper internet and Badlands Brandon puts the kids to bed. It's just me, but that's all right. That's all we need this week. I've identified a few winners in college, I believe, and we're well on our way to a profitable Sunday in week two in the NFL. Let's jump now to the afternoon games. 49ers at Rams. Two games in a row for the 49ers to start the season. A rivalry game to boot. Niners seven and a half over under 45. No play for me in this game. Going to pass. Uh, may look for an in-game opportunity there. Giants at Cardinals over under 40. I think the Giants will be heavily played in Survivor this week, even though they looked horrible and didn't score a point against Dallas. Everybody's fading Arizona. Not me. I'm staying away from that one. Um, two bad teams, it looked like to me. Now, the Giants on paper should be better. Arizona, though, new head coach, doesn't want to lose his first game at home. They're going to give you their level best. If anything, I would take the five and a half in the Cardinals here and make the Giants prove me wrong, but I'll probably stay away from that one. Jets at Dallas, and here is the overreaction from week one classic setup. 
The look-ahead line on this game was Dallas 3, 3.5, and, and that's when Aaron Rodgers was still expected to be the quarterback for the Jets. We know Aaron Rodgers went out in the first series that he played for the Jets and is out for the season. And uh, Zach Wilson now takes over for the Jets. So the line goes from a look-ahead line of 3.5 to Dallas now 9.5, 6 points. <clears throat> Over-unders dropped down from around 45 to 38. That's probably a pretty good move because these are two good defenses. Really, you know, they talk about a good quarterback at NFL maybe worth two and a half points. And Rodgers at this point in his career, is he worth six points, six and a half points? So maybe the combination of Zach Wilson coming in versus Rodgers going out, maybe that's maybe Zach's worth two and a half points to Dallas too. But that's an overreacted line. It's inflated. It's hard to take the Cowboys there. It really is. I would expect the Cowboys will be a huge play in Survivor this week. Uh, we're not going to have a Cowboys ticket on our side. And even though I have lots of futures bets on the Cowboys and I'm a Cowboys fan, it would do me a favor in Survivor if the Cowboys lost somehow. The Jets somehow managed to win again without Aaron Rodgers and shock the world one more time. Either way, if you're going to play, just on sheer value, I think you have to take, hold your nose, take Zach Wilson and this uh, New York Jets team, which we know the defense is tough, uh, and take those nine and a half against the Cowboys. The Cowboys offense did not look like world beaters last week, even though they won 40 to nothing. A lot of that was done through defense and special teams. The offense looked just adequate against the, uh, against the, the G-men, but they won 40 to nothing. How much did they really have to do? All right, anything here? We're going to take the Jets plus a nine and a half and the overreaction line. Too many points. Washington Commanders at the Denver Broncos. Commanders struggled mightily against Arizona, but they got it done. They pulled it out in the fourth quarter and got the win. Denver, unlike Washington, was unable to get the win at home in the debut under Sean Payton. They lost a close one to the uh, divisional rival, Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I think it's a bounce-back spot for sure here. I think we want to look at Denver to win this game. Uh, I like them on the money line just to win. I don't want to have to deal with that field goal. I know Denver's offense is suspect, and they might very well win by a field goal. So I don't want to lay three and a half. I just don't want to do it. I, would, I do like a minus 185 on the money line. Uh, that's a big, that's a pretty big number for a three and a half point favorite. So I think, I think that this game is pretty set up for a close Denver win here against a game Washington team, but maybe they run out of gas at altitude in the fourth quarter. And Denver and Sean Payton really don't uh, want to start 0 and 2 uh, under Russell Wilson. At the quarterback, as we all know, that experiment went bad last year. I don't think they want to start 0-2 at home. Should get the best effort you can get from the Broncos. I like them minus 185 on the money line, and we're going to parlay that with another money line uh, here in a moment. We'll get to Dolphins and Patriots. Dolphins just three on the road to the Patriots. I don't quite understand that, but I can tell you that, man, what a travel schedule to start the year for the Dolphins. They go all the way out to L.A., play the Chargers, play a great high-scoring game, win it in the fourth quarter, 
Then they travel back across the country to Miami. And then they go way up north to play their second game against the Patriots. Three-point favorite over under 47. Patriots did not do much to impress me other than they managed to not get blown out last week when they went down 14-0 to the Eagles. Defensively, they stiffened and didn't allow another touchdown. But other than that, not a whole lot to hang your hat on with the Patriots uh, and old man Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I love Zeke, but he didn't get a lot done last week. Um, why are the Dolphins only favored three? I, the only thing I can tell you is a lot of respect for Belichick and a lot of travel for the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to have to pass that game. It's a it's a divisional game, and I would lean Dolphins. I imagine the public will be on the Dolphins, but I'm going to pass on that one myself. Uh, look for something else. Double header on Monday night. Double header. They should do this every month. Double header on Monday night. The Saints traveled to Carolina. Carolina's home opener uh, under um, their new quarterback from Alabama, the rookie, and then the Saints and the Desmond Ritter project over there. Uh, oh no, I'm talk. Derek Carr and the Ritter's the Falcons. Uh, Saints and Derek Carr. Uh, Saints got it done at home, didn't cover. I kind of like them to get it done at Carolina. I think the Saints are going to play this week, even though on the road. Uh, Carolina traded off some pieces last year, and they do have a rookie quarterback behind center. Uh, first Monday night game. I'm going to go with uh, the established Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints, even on the road. Let's take them on the money line, minus 165. Let's parlay that with that Broncos play we had. So we got the Broncos, minus 185. Parlayed with the Saints on the money line, minus 165. Those two teams just have to win. That'll give you a late afternoon Sunday and a Monday night parlay to chew on. I like it. Bryce Young, the quarterback for the Panthers, a great from Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't deny that he will be a good NFL quarterback. I'm just not sure I want him on on his first Monday night game. I'll take Derek Carr. I'll take the Saints here, uh, minus 165 money line. And then the next game, starting about an hour and a half after the first game, an hour after the first game, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Don't really understand if they're going to run two Monday night games. Why wouldn't you run an East Coast game? All right. Started at 6.30 East Coast time. And then run a West Coast game and started at 9.45 East Coast time. And that 9.45 is 6.45. Yeah, 6.45 Western uh, on the West Coast. Why you run a East Coast game and the uh, Heartland game an hour apart. I love the idea of two games on Monday night, but why can't we spread them out? Why are they going at the same time? Don't understand it. Anyway, it is what it is. It, it ought to be the Rams and, and San Francisco ought to be the, the Monday night game out west. And this Browns and Steelers should have been Sunday. So Cleveland uh, is a two-point favorite at Pittsburgh. Cleveland looked good in uh, 
in defeating the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the in-state rivals. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked okay. Didn't look as explosive as what we remember him as in Houston, but he did look okay. Uh, like he took some steps toward getting back to the Deshaun Watson before massage gate, whatever you want to call it, massage harassment. Anyway, the Steelers, again, they've got some injuries uh, they're dealing with offensively and defensively already in this season, but I think uh, this is a circle of the wagons game for the Steelers. They I mean, looked so bad against San Francisco after everybody kind of felt like they they were going to stand up and play San Francisco good. Kenny Pickett looked really bad after he supposedly had such a great preseason. Uh, if anything, you got to take the Steelers here. You got to take the Steelers in a bounce back spot. They're getting two points. Uh, I'm not sure what two points does for you, um, but I would take the two. Maybe it lands on, if they do lose, maybe they lose 24-23. I like the Steelers there. I'm a little tentative because of their injuries. If all things equal, there were no injuries in Haywood on the defensive side and on a receiver on the offensive side. I would be more gung-ho on the Steelers, but let's just say they find a way to win at home against a hated rival in the Browns. And that closes out the week. We'll take the Steelers against the Browns. So let me recap with our NFL plays, and then uh, we'll send you on your way to to log into those sports betting apps here in Tennessee and start getting some of these plays in place for the weekend. We like Kansas City and Jacksonville over 51. I think Andy Reid uh, will bounce back and have a good offensive showing, but I think Jacksonville's good, and, and I trust Trevor Lawrence will have a good offensive day. Chargers minus three at Tennessee. I just think they're a much better team than Tennessee, both offensively and defensively. I don't think the Chargers are going to start 0-2. I'll take the Chargers laying a three against Tennessee. Um, under. 46 and a half. What was that game we had that in? Um, oh, Ravens and Bengals. Under 46 and a half. Ravens with offensive injuries. Bengals uh, did not look good. Joe Burrow under 100 yards passing. I'm saying Joe Burrow needs more than just one week to bounce back. And I think offensively, the points may be at a premium that game. Let's go under 46 and a half. I got an NFL teaser for you. Seattle plus 11 and a half. Bears plus eight and a half. That's our two-game teaser for the NFL. Seattle plus 11 and a half. Bears plus eight and a half. <clears throat> and then my pick of the week um, is going to be the Texans catching a point at home against the Colts. I think the Texans are the better team. And I think they'll win the game at home. Let's go, Texans. Let's get a win at home against these Colts. That's my number one NFL play of the week. Texans uh, plus one at home. That is a wrap on Winning Streak Weekly. It has been my pleasure to be with you for the past hour and to go over uh, these great games coming up this weekend. I hope, I hope we can keep this winning streak going. I hope we can keep our Survivor tickets alive. And I hope I can have some folks on the show with me next week, like Big Daddy C1000. He is supposed to have internet service back up and running in time to be on our show next week. Until then, for all our staff here at Winning Streak Weekly, 
We are. I said, United we stand, in God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust.